Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. And I just want to acknowledge the um, death of Billy Graham. Um, I'm here in Charlotte, and... There's a lot of memorial services and a lot of um, recognition of uh, his passing and his the impact his life has had in the area and in the country and even globally. And what I also want to address is not just him, but a lot of people are spending seem to be spending a lot of time um, looking at and revisiting prophecies that have been given regarding what it means, what may happen when he passes, that, uh, that there's a, he, his death is a sign. And I just really want to encourage everyone that um, that's great. That's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that unless it interferes with your ability to hear God clearly for yourself. We've talked before, and we will again, about the purpose of signs and wonders in our lives for us, for you and I. We are focusing, this ministry is, the focus is, for you and I to be one with God and that everything else is extra. So how that fits in signs and wonders and supernatural manifestations of God, those are great. We And we want to be comfortable with them operating in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And we start with that, with acknowledging how important it is to not be distracted. And it's not a matter of how accurate those are, but what matters is, what is God saying to you? Is there anything that he wants you to change about how you're living your life? Or spending your time, how you're, anything. If you are available to God for him to direct you, you will be ready for tomorrow. Whatever comes. Now that doesn't mean things are only going to be great for any of us. Just because you're ready doesn't mean bad things won't happen. And God never said that. God never said, if you follow me and if you're obedient and in my will, 
I'm going to protect you from everything. No, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God uses his right hand and the left hand in our lives, the good and the bad, circumstances. But we know that these all work for his purposes in our lives, which is to become one with him. So it's fascinating to see how there's a consistency that the death of Billy Graham marks a change. But what's more important is for each of us to just take an opportunity, Lord, is there anything I need to change? And a lot of times what what these kinds of prophecies do is they give us an emotional response. They bring out some, whether it's joy and anticipation or fear and anxiety, we perceive the prophecies and respond emotionally. And one of the things, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but one of the things that our lifestyle is about is to be able to not respond to our own emotions. Just as we are learning to keep our thoughts quiet, we are also learning to keep our emotions quiet. It's not that we don't value our thoughts. It's not that we don't value our emotions. It's just they don't they don't reflect truth. They reflect only what they know, and they don't have all the information. Your spirit does. My spirit has all the truth, has all the information, because our spirit is one with God. So, and it's, you don't have to be perfected in order to hear God. You don't have to be perfected in order for him to have you ready for tomorrow. That's his job. He knows what you, he knows how you're made. He made you. He likes you that way. He likes your soul. He likes your body. He's not holding, he gave you the soul and the body you have. So he's not holding them them against you. We all have strengths and weaknesses. But guess what? God gave those to you. The strengths and the weaknesses. So he doesn't hold you responsible for something he's responsible for. And our response is not to build on our strengths and overcome our weaknesses but rather to not let either of those interfere with our dependence on him. Let me repeat that. Neither your strengths nor your weaknesses in your soul should interfere with your dependence on God. That's what we're working for. So it doesn't matter if you're strong in areas and weak in others. We're all that way, and it doesn't matter. It's, are you becoming one with him? 
And he's the one who's doing that as well. So what are you responsible for? Giving him your time and attention. So let's just stop and and acknowledge and we're grateful for for what Billy Graham has done. We don't know what he's done. We don't know what leaders of any Christian movement do. And there's always critics. We're always very, it's easy to criticize other people. But we do know that God, when God puts the opportunity into someone's hands, we can certainly all say that Billy Graham loved God. For God to put as much authority and responsibility into his hands, it seems like there was a level of trust there that God knew, had enough confidence that Billy Graham would be a conduit, a resource that that he could trust with his own heart. So however, whatever theological or approach you may or may not agree with Billy Graham, God used him. God liked him and used him to make a huge impact. I will say, well, if you can do it better, go ahead and do it. If not, you know, quit complaining, quit, you know, harping on uh, how they're doing it wrong. Then you do it right. Show us how it's really done. Clearly, God approved of what Billy Graham was doing. Probably not unconditionally, Where you know, as far as, you know, what's fascinating about God, one of the many things, is when we give him the opportunity to move in our lives, even if we're doing it wrong, it turns out right. Because he turns it out. He makes it right. If you are experiencing that gratitude towards God and and being willing to be available and used and receiving his eternal life and giving it out as he directs, even if you say the wrong thing, he takes the words in midair and changes them. So the person receiving them hears something totally different than what you're saying. They hear exactly what is needed to change their heart. It's not dependent on you saying the right thing. It's dependent on them hearing the right thing. And that's totally under God's control. So our goal is, if this is a marker, and that's, you know, I'm thoroughly on board with that. Because I believe every day is a marker. Start new every day. But if this is something that God is going to do a new thing, all we need to do is the same thing we do every day. Lord, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Lord, do I need to make an adjustment? Lord, is there an area I need to put more time and attention into or less? 
So let's just do that. Let's just we're just going to give a couple seconds to to let the Lord bring to our thought or memory or emotions an area of our life that he wants to talk to us about and then set aside set aside time later and do it on paper. Write it down. Write down what he says. Take it seriously. Take God seriously. You know, a lot of times people want to hear from God. They want to have prophetic words. They want to have dreams. But when you start asking them, well, what was the last time he gave you a word and or a dream or, or an encouragement, whatever, what was the last time he said that something to you? And you'll ask them, these, they'll say three years ago, and you'll ask them, well, did you move on that? Did you act on that? And they'll say no. And a lot of times we don't hear him more because we haven't acted on what he's already said. And it's not that he's, you know, punishing us or or holding things back until we get our act in, in gear, but a lot of times these things are progressive that he builds on and that there's a skill or something, a change that will occur when we respond with our first assignment. And seriously, just think of those things. Think of these things in terms of homework. Take the pressure off. This is not life and death. But if he gives you an an assignment, if he gives you some homework, do the homework. Just do it. Do it until he says, okay, here's your next homework. Let's, Let's do another lesson. Let's focus on something else. And that's what we're going to do right now is just ask him if he wants to bring any area in our lives to our attention so that we can give him more attention in that area. And so, Lord, right now, we just ask if there's any area you want to draw our attention to. We know changes are happening, and we want to be ready. So, Lord, just make it personal for each one. And that's it. Yeah, just write whatever you heard down or remember it and talk to him later. Write down what he said. And then ask, what do I need to do to act on this? And it might not be anything. It might not be something you can act on. But then ask him, Lord, is there any changes I need to be making? And then guess what? Once you've done that, you're done. You're ready. Now build what if he does say something, okay, I want you to, you know, you're spending too much time here. I want you to focus more on this. We're done with this area. Now let's focus on this. Once you make those changes in your life, once you've determined this is how you are going to respond to that and change your life, you're done. Then when things happen, and this is what's important, then when things happen, whether for good or for bad, difficult or challenging or exciting and wonderful opportunities, you know you're ready. You have the confidence to respond, to be available to take advantage of the opportunity or to be available 
to give God's life in difficult situations. And that's what matters. It's Then you're not feeling like, oh, man, I wish I was ready. You'll be ready because that's God's job to make you ready. And how do you know you're ready? Because you've done what he's told you to do. You've responded. You're talking with him. If he doesn't say anything, go through the process. Lord, is there any interference here? And you deal with that. Then, Lord, if I'm not hearing from you, I'm going to assume that everything's fine. And I'm leaving it in your hands to bring to my attention any area that I'm not hearing from you. Otherwise, I'm going to proceed that I'm heading in the right direction with confidence. And if I'm not, it's your job to let me know. So spend some time this coming week doing that. Make some appointments with him just so you can, with confidence, know that whatever's going to happen, whether something, you know, big or, you know, public or just in your own life, you are ready. He has made you That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes or fail or have whoops. But you're, this is part of our our journey here. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you depending on him? Are you getting your life from him? Are you becoming one with him? Are you letting him be the God in your life? So, Lord, we thank you for that now. Just, I just ask, Lord, that you would make your voice clear to every one of us. Give us that peace and confidence that comes from having heard you speak to us personally in whatever way makes sense for each person's life. I thank you for that, Lord. And for those who are already undergoing circumstances that they don't understand that this was not the way they had expected their life to go, Lord, I just ask that you you extend your hand into that situation and and provide the encouragement and the patience and even the emotional stability in that in those situations. And I thank you, Lord. So we have been talking about the importance of God's personal presence, that God is right there with you. And I, I don't mean, okay, well, yeah, he's, he's everywhere, which he is, but I'm talking about, God as a person. Now I want you to think about talking to somebody. You're listening to me, but if we were having a conversation, you would be listening and then you'd be responding and we would be getting to know each other and we would be treating each other a certain way. We would be learning to communicate. We would be learning about one another. Well, this is part of our task with God here on this earth, is to find out how he thinks, how he does things, and even how we think, how what's really at our core. And he's that real. He's more real than another person. 
Now, we realize it takes effort to learn about someone. You spend time with them. You probably get into disagreements with them, but you don't abandon a relationship just because you don't understand something. You find things where you have in common. Maybe you challenge one another. But it takes time. And it takes being able to see things from the other person's perspective, from the other person's how, you know, empathize, how they feel, how they think, what words they use, what that, what they really mean, their background, their plans for the future. Well, that's God, too. Having a relationship with a personal God. He already knows all about you. In our soul, we don't know all about him. Yet. And one of the challenges we have is that we think that saying God is a person brings him to our level, down to our level. When just remember, God created us. He's the one who came up with this idea by disputing your own value, by saying, okay, well, we're just, you know, slime or, or slugs or snails. He, he can't, you know, deign to give us, you know, time, spend his time on us. You're dissing, you're, you're making less than something that God valued enough to create. You're saying, God, these human beings, you made mistakes. These weren't a good idea. You're arguing that God didn't know what he was doing. So if you do have those attitudes, which are, they're not uncommon. In a lot of ways, they come with our soul because our soul is so uh, controlling You know, again, there's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. But we all respond in different ways. But God hasn't rejected us. But that's the process we are having to overcome so that healing can take place and we can receive more eternal life from God, through our spirit, into our soul and our body. So receive that, that whatever process you're going through, God wants to make himself real. He is a personal, and he has a personal presence. Whether we are aware of it or not, God is right next to you. He is right with you wherever you are. And just because we don't know fully from our own sensical levels, in our natural senses, in our soulical senses, we are not yet fine-tuned enough to recognize him. Just because we can't recognize his presence doesn't mean it's not there. But part of our goal is to move towards 
being able to be aware of his presence at all times. And the overarching description of what we need to do in order for that to take place in our lives, for that awareness to increase, is called cultivating quietness. And it's not just that quietness is just is not just about our external environment, like the noise in the room, but it's also about our thoughts and our emotions and our projects, our goals. How often do we think that getting more done pleases God? Or being busy makes him happy? Or even if we are have an emotional response to him in some way, that that's more valuable than a non-emotional response. And that as long as we're thinking about him, it's okay that our thoughts are out of control. As long as we're thinking good thoughts. Now our challenge is that we can't make our soul be quiet. This is a problem because we go back to the whole idea of control, is we want to be able to control our progress. So what I want you to remember is that your soul, its natural created state, is perfect quiet. Perfect oneness with God. So your soul, left alone with God healing it, will automatically return to its original quiet state. You don't have to make it go there. Instead, we're removing the things that are keeping it from being able to return to a state of quiet. Now, again, we can't make it be quiet, but we can, by depending on God, asking God, what else do I, you know, what, is there anything I need to change in my life? I'm paying, a t- I'm giving time and attention to God, but what else am I giving time and attention to? And let him put his finger on things. You don't need to spend time and go, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to do. Or get some books out and figure out, okay, what do I need to do? I need to get rid of this, I need to stop doing that. Now, no, maybe. But a lot of times the difference between knowing it's from God and not is whether you have to get rid of these things or you want to get rid of these things. If you're feeling like, okay, I'm ready to drop out of this, that might be 
God's way of letting you know, yeah, you're you're done with that. We're just going into the next phase. You're going to have more time to give me more attention. Well, this has been stirring you up rather than giving, bringing you into rest. Now, also remember that the way our concept of rest may not be what God's concept of rest is. God's idea of quietness may not be your idea, my idea at all. But our soul knows how to get there. Your soul will revert, will return to its original stance towards spirit. So you don't have to get it there. You don't have to train it. You don't have to force it. You don't have to exercise it. Again, instead, we're taking away those things that are interfering with God healing our soul so our soul can return back into that restful relationship with God and receive that life from him and then turn around and give it. So again, take some time this week to just ask, check with the Lord. See how you're doing. Let him give you that stamp of approval that you're ready for whatever comes. You can always drop me a line at diane at org. Otherwise, until next week, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.